have a huge growth momentum at this company in this sector. The energy transition is accelerating, a lot has been accelerated by the overaching, unfortunately, crisis we have seen. The Ukraine war accelerated even further before that. There was broad consensus of the energy transition to combat climate change. So all fundamental drivers are really positive for Arbowin. Dear viewers of Good Investing Talks, it's great to have you back and it's also great to have Carsten Schlageter of Abowind back. Um, he's currently the CEO of one of the most controversial German compounder stocks, so it will be an interesting talk. And uh, for the beginning I want to go into the more controversial side and then we switch to the growthier side of the business. Um, Mr. Schlageter, there has been critique about the KGAR move that you made. You want to change the governance of the company to a KGAR. Um, why have you started this process and what is the goal of it? Yeah, the, this is a question, of course, that has uh, been posed to us uh, now uh, for quite a while. We hope that soon we come over that and we focus again on our growth story of our profitable growth of our uh, net profit again. Uh, I think that's important uh, that we talk about the energy transitions. So I look really forward to that. But to your question, it's really an integral part of our strategy. We were uh, or founded by Ann and Borkholt families. Um, they are major shareholders and still own more than 50% of the company. So they, of course, have a very important and positive influence. This has, this has been acknowledged by many shareholders. It has been acknowledged by our employees. It has been acknowledged by banks, uh, by landowners. Um, it, it's a strong advantage, uh, competitive advantage of Arbo Wind to have that root in, in really in people that know the company. And uh, at the same time we have, and hopefully we can talk about that later, we have a huge growth momentum at this company in this sector. The energy transition is accelerating, a lot has been accelerated by the overaching, unfortunately, crisis we have seen. The Ukraine war um, accelerated even further before that. There was broad consensus of the energy transition to combat climate change. So all fundamental drivers are really positive for Arbo Wind. Um, so we put up a new strategic plan to, uh, to be part of that growth, uh, to reap the benefits. And this requires also sooner or later some additional capital. Uh, but we were, so to say, blocked, tempered, yeah, by the families uh, not wanting to get diluted. Uh, so, so we came up as the board with a strategy that combined both worlds. Yeah? So we keep entrepreneurial um, spirit and uh, also um, allow that some shareholders can conserve a certain say in the company and at the other hand enable a path to uh, get sooner or later to capital increases. It's a bit of a tricky question that I'm asking now because you're still in this process, but maybe what you could have done better and learned in this process? Well, I think maybe at the very beginning uh, we had some 
um, contradictions in uh, in the communication to the market. Definitely, you always can do better. But in the end, um, yeah, we have several interests in the company that might not agree with this way forward. I, I can accept that, but uh, that's always when you have a fundamental change in your strategy. Um, then, of course, there is opposition. We have also seen very superficial critique. We have seen, uh, unfortunately, also not very well-grounded critique. Uh, we have seen many polemic discussions. We have seen very personal attacks against um, some of our board members or some of our shareholders. So it was also, <laughs> other than what financial markets should do, not always rational. Um, it was a game also about reputation. And I felt that some even, yeah, I, I'm not sure in Germany we say, uh, ein Bärendienst erweisen to, to uh, critique the company, but in the end not for its benefit. So I, I think many have for a certain time lost the focus on what is the base, what is the strong growth agenda, what is the big, big success story, also for uh, all investors and especially for investors. Only short term, uh, I hope only short term there was uh, a share price dip. Uh, but if, if you and you talk about long term investing and not short term um, profit making, then uh, then we hope and, and then the, of course we have seen the outrageous returns for shareholders that have invested early on and of course we hope that share price go up again. And we have hopefully seen the dip and left that behind us. It's also, thank you for this coming to the studio and this interview. It's not normal that people in such a conflict speak about it. Um, one thing I had to think about uh, is the history you had when going to this KGAR topic, because some shareholders fear mm -hmm. that you can now rule through and that you can ignore minority interest, interest if you're a KGAR. But the way I got to know you was the Burgerwind Aktie, Abo Invest. It's not like part of your universe anymore. You do, might do business with them. It's a separate entity, the Clearwise. But it's the, it was this idea and <laughs> where I got to know you and Mr. Kofka at some fairs here in Germany, where you were trying to get people to the stock market to invest in renewables. You had this idea of making the stock for everyone who's interested in renewables investing. And how does this fit together with this idea of you having a controlling shareholder and working against minority interest? Like, I, maybe you can help me make sense of this. Yeah, I think it's simply not true that we work against minority interests. Uh, it's not that, uh, I mean, first of all, the con uh, controlling general uh, uh, partners, uh, it's the technical term for complementaire, they will of course hold shares and they are obliged to hold shares uh, more than 25%. So there is no interest to work against, um, yeah, um, how can I say, uh, a positive share, share uh, price development. We will of course not work against uh, minority interests as we have not done in the past. I mean, if, if that is the general sentiment, why do you invest in a company where the company owners own 51%, which is today the case. Yeah? So 
we do not need to compare apple with pears and vice versa. We need to compare what are the alternatives. And today, the owners own 51. Uh, the um, sorry, the the founding owners they own 51 percent. So if we want to dilute that, that was the only way, that was the conclusion and the best way um, that we have shown to our investors uh, and that's the way we want to proceed. We cannot compare another structure with this one because this might not be feasible. So we felt it's, it's still in the best interest of all investors to go that way. We will uh, return and compound, as you say, um, much more cash flows uh, from the, than, than we could do without that move. So it's in the best interest of minority investors. We will still have a supervisory board, so there is still a control. Um, if we believe that 27 years, 27 years of successful history of Abo Wind is a quality differentiator, then everyone can also really be happy and uh, and positive that we keep these anchor investors and also with their way of, in a positive way of influencing the corporate culture and its long-term view. So, How far are you from the finish line with this process? <clears throat> we are very confident that this will be over soon and then I hope that next time when we do an interview we talk about uh, the positive things of the future, not of the past and um, of the critique we have seen in some of, of the newspaper articles of course. Um, we hope that this will be then in April the last General Assembly as a ABO Wind AG. Um, this is quite sure that we will still do this as ABO Wind AG and then uh, in May we are confident uh, in May that this uh, that we will then do the structural shift also formally. So, after you cross the finish line, you already mentioned a bit, but what will be the role of minority shareholders then be in the view for them? They they will uh, again be uh, present at the uh, general assembly. I mean. Uh, what what do you mean with this question? Where is it today, and what do you mean? What's its role today? Then we need to compare what's today and what's in the future. What exactly would you like to understand? Will there be any difference? Is the question for how you treat them? We we look at all shareholders, and we want to deliver as Vorstand, as board members, the best return. So there is no difference from from this shareholder perspective. Of course, the structure as KGAA is then as it is. So, of course, there are differences from where we are today. But I personally, I'm a minority investor in Abowind, uh, and I think it's a bright future for all minority investors with, without any substantial fundamental change. Yeah? We always say the ones that wanted to invest short term only because they expect high returns of someone buying us, absorbing us with a high premium, this, this is not longer part of the short-term fantasy in the market, accepted. But uh, we are very bold as the whole Vorstand unanimously that we can drive earnings per share much faster than uh, in this current structure. And thank you very much for this clear answer and 
I hope this comes true to drive the earnings per share. Yeah, we, we work hard to make it happen. <laughs> I'm putting you a bit in the hot seat right now. Um, another point of critique I heard when I talked to other shareholders about Abovind and other peers is like the, the ratio of employees to revenue. And um, the, if, for instance, if you look at PE and their project business, it's like the ratio is lower for Abovind, which means that you are less productive per employee uh, in this view of many shareholders. Um, why do you have this kind of different structure? Yeah, I think I wouldn't tackle that topic from a negative perspective and, and I see it really positive. Uh, we have in a world where you have shortage of skilled labor in any area, I mean not only the core renewable stuff in the engineering but also in controlling, I mean everywhere you have difficulties to find motivated and skilled people. So I would first of all say Abowind is very proud of having a strong base. We have now 1, 000, more than 1,200 employees, uh, all experts in the field, all highly motivated. So this is the base for our growth. Yeah, it corresponds very much to our business model. We want to shape and drive the energy transition. Yeah, we are not there standing by passively and subcontracting, outsourcing to others wherever we can. We want to have the in-house expertise. This brings us new innovation. This enables us to invest in sector coupling, in the bringing together all kind of different technologies. Today we are in wind, as a matter of fact, but also since 2017 in solar. We have now a very strong and successful battery team. We have built several batteries around the world, in Ireland, a uh, big one, in Germany we are among the leaders in uh, in the hybridization projects, in the innovation tenders. So <clears throat> we really know how to bring things together and also we expand on hydrogen. And it's not just a matter of putting uh, output and divided by employees. I mean, it's really a matter of philosophy. So our in-house competencies are much bigger, others outsource much more. Yeah. Also, we are in a, uh, in a growth trajectory that hopefully has a broader base than many of our competitors. We are in 16 markets where more and more become really profitable. Uh, we have now sold a huge project in South Africa. We are building uh, two projects in uh, Colombia and we think we are one of these very uh, successful mid-sized German companies that really knows how to internationalize and has a much stronger and faster uh, pipeline that we can then hopefully get profits back. Yeah. But we invest maybe more than others, so it's our perspective on this huge growth opportunity. We don't see that we have too many employees, quite, quite the opposite. Of this thousand employees, you said some are not profitable. Do you have a rough share where you think this ratio is at the moment of the thousand where this might be in a few years? Of, of the, of the countries up. you mean? Or? Yeah. 
No, we have most of the countries already uh, put positive results to our uh, balance sheet. But of course, uh, being making them really cash, uh, cash positive, some of them will take more time. Um, we are a company that has a mid-long-term view on things. And we will talk about the market hopefully later and, and uh, you will see that we have, I mean, in wind and solar, in batteries, in hydrogen, huge growth in front of us. On the one end, the energy, energy need of the world is increasing in electricity a lot. Um, we, we see huge growth um, on the demand side and we will have a substitution effect um, from renewables to substitute the uh, coal and later on also gas-fired power plants. Yeah. And uh, of course oil etc. needs also to be replaced. So we have a huge, huge, huge um, uh, market in front of us and of course you need people to tackle that, to manage the complexities. And I think we are very well based uh, and positioned reap the benefits of such a market and yes and we are proud of all the people that work with us. How would you describe or characterize the culture you try to build or to nurture at Abowind? Our culture is very integrative. Yeah, we want people to have as much decision autonomy as possible in, in a capital intensive world. Of course there need to be checks and balances, but we work strongly in groups. We bring all the functions in project groups, that's the lowest level. So we run project in project groups where they have a lot of decision autonomy. Then we have country groups where also again all functions look into a market and take the decision. Um, and only very strategic or critical decisions should then come to the board where again we have many functions in place and maybe also we have the, a, a broader board than uh, some other companies yeah? but with a lot of expertise and it, this keeps people motivated. So indirectly you answered already the question I had are you having too many employees with a no? <laughs> Yeah, definitely. No, we we have many open positions. Of course, we are not naive. Yeah, we are not. We are a manage a management that runs a company very thoughtful. And every Friday we have our board. Of course, this is a discussion. How fast can we grow? Yeah, and to not overache us culturally. I mean, you need to integrate people. You need to incorporate them, train them. Today we all do not get people that are already experts in, let's say, renewables. Uh, this is a, quite a closed world and there's a lot of growth, especially in Germany. Uh, every company asks for these skilled labor, so we need to bring in uh, people also from adjacent industries uh, and we need to retrain them. They are very motivated, of course, if they come us, but we need to retrain and uh, yeah. So you always need to ask you the question, hey, how far ca fast can we go, where's the limit? And coming back to the, the capital story, of course, we also need the capital to underline this fundamental growth. So it, it goes, all items need to go step by step. Can you maybe tell us a bit more how you train employees? 
in the Abovent structure? Yeah, first of all, we have welcome days where all people in, in today's world get emerged in our key cultural elements, uh, in our key processes. Um, there's always a board member present, so they can also get direct feedback from top leaders. Uh, th this is essential because we do things in many ways different than, let's say, very classical or hierarchical companies. Um, then we have in between now a lot of online trainings, trainings on the job. Uh, we have, of course, yeah, we, we send people to foreign seminars, if they, especially if, uh, foreign um, outside seminars. So, of course, people can take seminars in, uh, in, in leading business schools or uh, in engineering topics. Um, we have a lot of especially younger people that also like to take online trainings from external providers, but we have more and more resources in-house in our uh, ABO window in the future, ABO Energy School platform. Yeah? So you have a lot of archived uh, specific trainings on how you calculate wind yields, stuff like that. So it's, it's very broad. Of course, we also learned that we need to even go further. Now we develop and design a program on how to train uh, even further, more consistently, our project management capabilities. Um, so we see that indeed with growth, the growth we talked about, we also need to have more common tools and faster training because people come from different backgrounds and then you have in some project groups, different understanding. So with growth, with the success, you also um, have some new complications. We need to always refine our processes. When I think back when I joined ABO Wind 10 years ago, we had very few formally established processes. Now, of course, we need to have many more. We need to manage cash much more carefully. In the past, we had some projects per year that were also relatively small. Now we have around our 16 markets suddenly many projects. So we need uh, we need to have much more a view on the whole program of execution and not just on isolated projects. The faster company grows, the more professional tools, processes, and trainings you need, and and that's what ABO is really good at. Again. It's because of our great people that join and that develop then these programs and processes to, to move to the next maturity level. You already mentioned it a bit, but maybe let me follow up on this. How does this larger employee number give you a competitive advantage to other players in the market? Yeah, very specifically, for example, I mean, in, in Spain uh, or in markets that really get hot, you don't even get um, external expertise. Maybe you're consults because you have long-term relationships, they sign a contract, but then they cannot deliver. So the more actually in such a growth um, sector, the more you can do in-house, the better for you, because these are the resources definitely that are fully dedicated only to you and, uh, and that deliver in the best interest of your company and not have 
different um, buyers, so to say, to serve. You know? And when resources get scarce, it's an advantage to have them in-house. In the other, the other way around, it does not mean that we do not suffer from scarce resources. For example, env environmental consultants in South Africa had the discussion recently. It's the same thing in, in Germany or in Greece. It's getting the right grid connection um, companies that, that physically deliver you the grid infrastructure. Uh, but uh, to manage all of this, the scarcity of the outside consultants, you need at least have good engineers and managing capabilities in-house to be successful. That's what we notice everywhere. We are also in a demographic change scenario where labor is missing. Uh, how is this affecting you and also like maybe are there chances instance, for instance from tech from Argentina people and integrate them in process in Germany? Um, Absolutely, that's why I think I mean, we, we can be happy that we have so many good people in, in our head office, but also we have them in the different subsidiaries. And yeah, I can say a simple yes, we bring people from time to time from other markets. We have now some Argentinian colleagues that work in Germany. We have from Tunisia colleagues, from Colombia. Um, even from from Canada, so th th this is very important that we have this this network and bring people. It's not only to let's say fill the gap, that would be a bit sorry. Just if it would be about resources, it's, it's rather also. I mean, it's enriching for people. Again, they can have a great career at ABO Wind. They can start somewhere in a subsidiary, then they can come to the headquarter and maybe later on go back or go to another subsidiary. This is a different of the past when you're a small company with some hundred people, this is much more difficult. Now we can manage these things. It brings us to the next level again. Hey, Tillman here. It's great that you've made it that far into the video. And I think it shows a certain passion for investing you're having. If you want to dive deeper and go further down the rabbit hole you're invited to apply to my community good investing plus it's a place that's very helpful to people who are ambitious about investing uh, it's helpful to investment talent as well as um, experienced fund managers so if you're interested please click on the link below and now without further ado enjoy the conversation what is important for you is labor on the one side but also dimension capital. Um, so let's talk a bit about capital allocation. Like your model was to go to the capital markets to grow. What are other sources that you can get capital from instead of the labor market to fuel your growth? You mean instead uh, of... Sorry, capital market, not labor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, we uh, of course, uh, you mean equity markets, we, yeah. we, we can go and that's what we do. Uh, our CFO, Alexander Reiniger, is doing a great job there. We have, of course, um, a consortium of banks that gives us standard debt structures. Um, we also explore more creative options. I mean, we have many of them. We have mezzanine financing. We have. Uh, Uh, bond um, issues, Nachrang, Darlehen, and, and now of course we we explore also to grow this side, the debt side. 
and subordinated uh, subordinated loan structures, things like that. Uh, you, I, I'm sure you will see soon more about that. Is maybe also private equity or infrastructure funds calling you from time to time and asking if they can buy parts of your pipeline? Um, yes, we of course we see that many of them. I mean, they approach us and would like to buy larger shares or even the company. That's no secret. All companies are approached regularly of our size in the renewable sector because of its attractiveness. We are also approached, yeah, to to buy pipelines or to buy some subsidiaries or part of that. And of course, we always carefully listen and evaluate these options. Um, the limitations of all of this is uh, is always to, to combine it with our culture, with our flexibility, with high speed. Uh, we have learned whenever we do joint ventures somewhere, of course, it uh, slows down decision making. Other companies have much more than, let's say, typical budgetary processes, much more uh, yeah, hurdles in taking fast entrepreneurial decisions because also of lack of understanding sometimes. So th this, it's difficult to find uh, structural new ways of uh, structuring subsidiaries or so, that's difficult. But yes, what we do, we have already, and this has been announced in our recent strategy, we have an, an now a, a different approach towards how we realize projects. In the past, uh, it was king for us, so to say, a supremacy model to turnkey build projects. Now we are much more ready to sell some of our projects or even pipelines uh, at a ready-to-be-built stage. This is, of course, reducing the capital requirements and uh, allows us to grow as fast as we grow currently without <coughs> immediately doing um, capital increases. Is that answering your question or was yeah. it too much <laughs> talking? No, no, it was, it, was, it was a good answer. Uh, so the minority stake topic is rather a small opportunity compared to other uh, opportunities you're looking for because it's hard to really find the, the cultural fit. Yeah, this is difficult and, and it's uh, gover governance complexities. We, we think about that from time to time. Um, of course, and we have some joint ventures on a very local level in the country, so of course we do that. But bigger partnerships uh, would rather slow us down, would maybe impact corporate culture and uh, uh, so we want to keep control, but that's why I said we changed the business model, no? more selling project rights, and indeed we did, and very successfully we have sold 250 megawatt in the Spanish market, 150 of that wind, 100 um, in solar, and it will be a very interesting business. It's still ongoing, we are paid in milestones, it's one of the most uh, profitable projects hopefully uh, in, in our history. So these things work for us and reduce the requirement of capital in the same way. But one thing you might want to have back is the chance to <laughs> do capital raises via the capital market. At the moment the share price is depressed. We had the topic of the KGR already mentioned. Um, 
some shareholders ask me or potential shareholders ask me at what share prices are you prepared to do capital raises again? Yeah, of course we won't communicate a number, but uh, you're right now it has gone down. So fortunately we are very solid, very strong. I'm very positive that uh, now we are close to announcing last year's results. We hope that this will be positive and uh, definitely in, in line with our forecasts. Uh, that's what we expect and, and confirmed several times. So we are, we are not in a hurry also, so to say. It's what I said, what we need to do with employees, what we need to do with countries, what we need to do uh, yeah, with, with uh, debt capital we can increase, with new business model. I mean, we need to have a sustainable growth. And of course, we can play with so many variables that we are not, not in a hurry. Yeah? So we will wait and see how the market absorbs now um, our new forecasts, our fundamental developments. Also, of course, we hope that the market will see and understand um, that this change in structure to KGAA has rather, in the long term, very positive aspects. And actually, we have seen a lot of change in sentiment already the questions you ask are very much also already a month ago where they have been extensively discussed. Now we see other statements. Now we see some statements where analysts and investors say now it's time to go back into an undervalued company. So I think the, I hope and I can already encourage that this continues. We see that there is a turn in sentiment for our our wind, our energy shares. And uh, we have not discussed that this is, was not so unusual as many have claimed. I think there were many special interests in the market that also influenced the discussion. We have seen that ThyssenKrupp, Nusira went with this structure to the IPO. We have seen that Short Pharma went uh, with KGAA to the IPO and both very successful. So it's our wind is not the outcast, we are in a good family. We have good, good uh, companies that have gone this way. We have Merck, one of the most successful pharma and chemical companies in Germany that has that structure. So the market, we understand the criticism. We understand orthodox finance does not um, appreciate that, but we see a lot of interest from other investors and hopefully also we will convince and we will work hard on that to convince all other investors that this change is positive. You have this growth target of doubling net profit till 2027. Um, if you don't have capital raises as an instrument till then, will this affect this target? Let's say it might. We always said, uh, and I said it in the General Assembly very clearly, we, we think we can reach it when we do capital increases. And we were very confident. Now, of course, we need to evade to more debt financing. We need maybe in some of the other projects to go to construction and bridge finance, which is more expensive. Um, as I said, we have the way to sell more project rights, but still very, very profitable. So we will see. I mean, 
we of course do our best to get as close to that and hopefully also soon we have better share prices and then we might increase capital. Still it's to 2027, it's, uh, it's a bit to go. So I, I'm still personally very positive that we can do it with all elements we outlined and discussed in, in parallel. It's not the one element that brings us to 50 million net profit. The last question to this complex is why do you still pay dividend with this kind of structure? Because like as I would be if I would be a shareholder, I would be very happy if you keep this capital and reinvest it into growth projects. Yeah, this is this is very interesting. Um, again, orthodox finance would say either you grow or you pay dividends. I I, I mean you're a very strong growth company or you, or you grow moderately but pay dividends. I think maybe coming back to one of your questions, why, what do we do with minority shareholders? And I think minority shareholders, we have some of them that are with us uh, since many, many years. I mean, we're institutional investors. We're not even thinking about Arbowind and it's nice to pay some dividends to these shareholders. They want now also some returns after a long time. Of course you can say they can also sell some shares but emotionally this is harder. Yeah, I think also, also yeah, I, uh, I, I think it makes sense to provide a bit of cash back to our long-term, all long-term shareholders that have long been with us. Then thank you very much for this insights and thank you very much for the first part of our interview. I really hoped you enjoyed this conversation. If you did, please leave a like and a comment and for sure subscribe to my channel. Traditionally, I want to close this conversation with the disclaimer. So here you can find the disclaimer. It says, um, please do your own work. This is no recommendation. What we are doing here is just a qualified talk that helps you, but it's no recommendation. Please always do your own work. Thank you and hope to see you in the next episode. Bye bye.